Hey, hi, hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to Embody Saluna, a podcast about healing through spirit and love. If you are new here, welcome. Welcome. It's good to see you. Thank you for joining us. And if you are returning, oh, hello, friend. Thank you for coming back. So tonight I want to talk about something a little fun, a little esoteric. Um, you know, I like to include these more metaphysical components. That's part of who I am and what I do. And that is a part of myself that I repressed for a very long time and realized that I'm sad that I did that. <laughs> I wish I hadn't have done that. Um, but anyway, that's part of what Embody Saluna is. It's meeting the spiritual with the scientific and talking about all the things. That's why I talk about astrology and tarot and higher self uh, along with mental health and physical health and somatics and etc. So tonight I want to get esoteric and I want to talk about your natal chart. Do you know your natal chart? Do you know what a natal chart is? I'm not here to teach you all of the things. In case you haven't figured that out yet, I'm not a teacher, I'm a coach. Um, but I like to introduce people to things and direct them to places and also be um, a space to help process. So I'm not gonna teach you about natal charts, but if you don't know what a natal chart is, a natal chart is the mapping of what was happening in the sky celestially at the exact moment in which you were born. So in order to obtain your natal chart, you need to know your birth date, your birth time, and your birth location. And then you can get your chart. There are lots of places you can download this for free. It, like online, you can go, you could just type into Google natal chart and you can put all that information in and get it for free. Or you might have to give your email address to sign up for you know something in order to get it for free. Um, but you can definitely access it super easy for free. Reading the natal chart, however, either requires you to have knowledge on how to do that, or it's going to require an astrologer, somebody who's done the work and understands how to read natal charts and can then do that for you or, or kind of walk you through key components. And usually that, has, uh, that comes with like a premium price. So just keep that in mind. Um, but tonight I want to talk about one specific aspect of the natal chart. So the full zodiac or astrological influence on your personality is what you can kind of identify through the natal chart. Um, it's all of the components, right? So most people know what their sun sign is. That's the one that you usually answer with when people ask you what's your sign. And it represents the part of the month that you were born. Right, so for me, for example, I'm April 21st, so I'm on the cusp of Aries and Taurus. I'm right where the shift happens. And you can definitely see characteristics of both the Aries, the Ram, and the Bull. As a child, I was much more a Taurus. As an adult, I'm a bit more Aries with like underlying Taurus. Some people have begun referring to big three um, that refers to sun, moon, and rising. So it's your sun sign, your moon sign, and your ascendant. I personally am not a fan of the language of the big three because I like to look at the whole chart and I think that they're all really important. And I'm going to talk to you about another component. So I would say this is the big 
four. And realistically, every astrologer is probably going to say that they're all so important. So let's just call it the big 12. Like, well, then that's the entire natal chart. So I don't refer necessarily to the big three. I'm not a fan of that language. But sun, moon, and rising has gained a lot of popularity recently, um, especially in light of like TikTok. And so people are starting to learn their sun, moon, and rising signs. I'm an Aries Taurus sun, Sagittarius moon, Libra rising. I'm very much my moon sign. I'm very much a Sagittarius when it comes to my moon, which is like the emotional body and the inner self. It's the inner self. It's who you are truly at your core. And I show up very much as a Sagittarius in life. Um, so there's that. So to me, you know, like tonight I'm going to talk about Chiron placement. So, you know, big four. Um, I think that knowing Chiron is really, really revealing and it's wonderfully helpful in the healing journey. So I want to give you a couple of layers here um, before we get into what I really wanted to chat about, which won't take long. It'll probably take longer to build up than it will to actually talk about the thing. So let's step back and let's go through a very brief and very simple version of Chiron in Greek mythology. If you're not familiar, Chiron was a centaur and he was, you know, like this teacher, healer, wise man type. Okay. I kind of equate Chiron to being like the warlock witch, so to speak, right? Like if we're going to label, um, but that's just me personally. Anyway, short version, Cliff's Notes version here of Chiron's story is that he gets struck by a poisoned arrow, which is said to be an accident um, or, you know, unintentional anyway. And though he's able to help others heal, he's ultimately unable to heal his own poisoned wound. So for a bit, Chiron continues to carry on in life, in his life. You know, he's immortal, so he just continues to sort of do his thing and provide his services and be his Chiron self, despite feeling a lot of pain from this arrow. He just, he carries on. He just sort of goes through it. But eventually, eventually, he makes a trade, basically, and trades his immortality at this sake of somebody else's life because he knows that as soon as he becomes mortal he'll die from the wound and at this point Chiron can't continue with the pain so the trade becomes it's not a sacrifice he needs to relieve himself of the pain so he becomes the depiction of the wounded healer which brings us to the second mini lesson and that is in my favorite Carl Jung if you don't follow me on socials, you wouldn't know, but I've said on a couple of occasions that I'm pretty sure that Carl Jung and I are traveling on the same karmic journey. I just feel so deeply connected to his work in ways that I can't even fully articulate. So anyway, I have to bring him in. That's my coaching style as well. So if you're curious, uh, I use Jungian-inspired um, methods to do dream work with clients and coach clients, etc. Anyway. So let's talk about that. Who is the wounded healer or what is the wounded healer? And Jung describes the archetype of the wounded healer as um, the practitioner who essentially helps heal others after working through their own pain and suffering. It's kind of like, you know, I've gone through it, so now let me help you pay it forward, I guess, is what you might refer to it as, sort of. So when I think about it, when I think of, like, 
clinical wounded healers. I think of counselors, for example, not limited only to counselors, but I think of counselors who, you know, became a counselor from the effects of their own therapeutic healing journey, which is also my story personally. I went through something, uh, I went to counseling, I did more inner work. I did my own shadow work. I had my dark night of the soul. All those things together led me to a place where then I felt compelled to turn around and help others in those same capacities. So while this isn't the only way to be a wounded healer, it's like a nice concrete example of what that that looks like, just to give you an idea of how that breaks down. So now, you know, if we merge these two things, if we go back to Chiron, he, like I said, he goes on and eventually he can't live with the pain any longer. And since he's immortal, he can't die either. So he makes the trade and trades his immortality for the suffering of another so that he be- can become mortal uh, for the sake of dying and ending his pain. So the Greek explanation for the constellation of Chiron is that Zeus cast him to the sky. Zeus casts everybody to the sky, right? Like that's every constellation story. Zeus has cast them to the sky, almighty, all powerful. That's what happens. He casts them to the sky and that's where he is. Now Chiron really truly is an asteroid. Um, he's not a star. He's not a constellation. He's, he's an asteroid. And the, he moves. The asteroid moves just like the other natal placements. And so... Um, there's going to be this Chiron placement on everybody's natal chart. And what it tells you, what Chiron's placement on your chart tells you is, have you guessed it? It tells you your deepest wounds, your core wounds. In some ways, I would argue that plays a large part in knowing your purpose or remembering your purpose, especially if you're also the wounded healer, but not limited to. So for me, this is where, this is the two minutes that I really wanted to share because I'm so excited. For me, Chiron shows up in the sign of Taurus in my seventh house, which is not Taurus's home. Taurus's home is the second house. So we've got a couple of things to work with here. So shows up in Taurus in the seventh house. So it shows up in my sun sign in the seventh house. So the superficial, just very brief, not getting into this long-winded explanation of what my deepest wounds are based on that placement, my dip- deepest core wounds are rooted in stable, safe, trusting relationships and material matters. And oh my God, you guys, do I have stories to support those wounds, that placement that I could tell you as evidence <laughs> of how true this is. This very podcast is created from the healing that is taking place within relationship for me. I, I, and like when I think about stable money matters, it's a more private issue, but the self-sabotage with my money story and my relationship story is very, very real. They've been the two places in my life that I struggle the most. And it's the story, it's the narrative around both of those things where I struggled the most. That's where the majority of my healing takes place. So there's, a, of course, an entire clinical explanation for what's going on for me as well, right? Like attachment stance, 
CPTSD. Those things exist. Those are very real. Those are very true. And I work on those as well. And it doesn't change the fact that according to Chiron, it was also written in the stars. So I feel like people like to separate the two things as if they're mutually exclusive. If there's a scientific explanation, there can't be a spiritual one. And if you think astrology isn't spiritual, you are missing the point. I would argue instead that one informs the other and offers an opportunity to explain something on another level. And isn't that ultimately what we like the best? More than one explanation? More than one way to solve a problem? I feel like that's human nature, constantly looking for alternate ways to solve a problem or explain something. There doesn't have to be just one way. Astrology isn't just, you know, horoscopes. It's a celestial map of who you are. It's a map to the hidden treasures that are you. And we can use that to unlock pieces and inform in the same ways that we can use science, psychology, etc. to unpack mental and emotional states of being. I fully believe that. 100%. 100%. To me, they can work together. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. And you don't have to be crazy if you believe in both. Here's the best part. We are human. And humans have free will. So you can choose to believe anything. You can choose to believe something other than what I have shared. You can choose not to give a shit about any of it. You can choose to peek into a more in-depth explanation about natal charts, Chiron, the wounded healer, anything. You can choose. You can choose to take what I've offered today as the inspiration, the jumping off point, and do some research on yourself. Uncover core wounds so that you can learn the techniques for dealing with those wounds and then take control of them so that they don't control you. That's the point. That's the point, guys. There's nothing on this planet that I want to know more than learning or knowing myself. Because knowing who I am directly impacts my relationship with other people, with my environment, with the material plane, with my career. You get the idea. This is one avenue for doing the work. And I hold on to it. I sat in a therapy session just the other day where I talked about these core wounds. And while my therapist fully, like, engages my going off into the natal chart, you know, space and talking about that, I also know I don't have to. Because what I hold for me is that I know that that's the placement and that those are the wounds. And I know that my life experiences are reflective of that. So I can just bring that to her and we can process it together. And then I can come up with ways in which to use that as the superpower and not the wound. It doesn't have to be painful all the time. I think I've made my case for Chiron. I, I don't know. I'm not, I, it's not really making a case. I'm not here to convince you to, to 
give a shit. <laughs> I'm here. If you're listening, it's because you already have some general interest in something. So I'm here to tell you this really neat thing about your natal chart, this really cool placement that tells you some pretty introspective stuff about wounds that you can then go and look up for yourself, see where your Chiron placement falls, both the sign and the house. You need to, you need to take um, into account the characteristics of both. And you need to take into account the relationship they have to each other, especially if the sign is not in its home house. And that might require, you know, talking to somebody who's versed in the natal chart or astrology. But you might take it and, you know, run with it for a little bit and play with it for a little bit and learn some things. And then the whole point, the whole purpose, you know, is not for me to tell you this so that you can just go learn about your wounds and be sad all the time. It's so that you can take that information and use it to your advantage as opposed to being negatively impacted or held back or held down by it. Because it's really hard to work on something when you don't know what it is you're working on. But the moment that you can identify it and bring awareness to it and name it, guess what? No matter what it is, you can work on it then. You can work on it. I think, I think I've expressed my love for Chiron here. And maybe astrology in general, I don't know. It would make perfect sense for me. It does make perfect sense to me that I would be a wounded healer, that I would devote so much time and energy to understanding relationships, to understanding parts of the self, to learning about how to integrate those parts, how to do the work, how to heal. If you know your Chiron or if you go look it up, I'd love for you to share an insight about it. You can leave a voice message telling me more. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear everybody's different Chiron placements and what you think or what you learn or how you feel about what you research. So please share that. Be so excited to hear that. And, um, you know, if you're interested in learning more or starting your own chart or what have you, like I said, there are websites where you can get your chart for free. There are apps as well. Take it sign by sign. There are a lot of resources on uh, YouTube as well that talk about placements and things like that. But if you want a real good reading that's um, individual to you, where somebody takes their time and looks at all the things, because there are aspects and trines and squares and et cetera, um, that need to be accounted for and, you know, the angles of, of the placements all matter and things like that. And so if you, if you want a reading like that, I would suggest, you know, investing, investing the money in that and, and vetting properly. So ask people who maybe have done it or who you trust to give you names of astrologers who could do that for you, who are not just trying to exploit you for money. All right, guys, I think that's it. Have fun with that, and I'll catch you on another episode. Good night. <laughs>